Ladies and gentlemen all over the world, you are tuned into the one and the only A Difference in Thought. I'm your host, Charlie Ray, and here at A Difference in Thought, A Difference in Thought engages and processes recent events, culture, philosophy, public policy, and faith through the ancient art of truth-telling. Join the conversation and gain an alternative perspective with A Difference in Thought. As always, this podcast is an honor and homage of the work and mission of the great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Here at A Difference in Thought, our core philosophy is that basic arithmetic teaches us that there can be no difference without subtraction. Before considering where you would like to see a difference, first consider where you are willing to take a subtraction. This is episode number eight, Whose Past Matters, Self-Victimization or Truth-Telling? Now, this is a podcast that touches on recent events. And in recent uh, history, shall I say here, we have had uh, someone by the name of uh, Kanye to the wake up Mr. West, Kanye West. (laughs) And his introduction to Touch the Sky cannot be more fitting today when I say wake up Mr. West. Because Mr. West wants you to forget about the past and say that everything that has happened is all mental as if slavery and oppression and all of these other things have all been a part of our imagination. Uh, And him and his uh, cohort, uh, who shall remain unnamed on this podcast, uh, recently told Black Lives Matter that they have nothing to complain about, that uh, all suffering is in the past and they're just lazy and whiners. Wow. Now, if you have been with this show before, you know when we talked about fragility and we talk about fake revolutions. Fake revolution, a fake revolution is a revolution where the privileged are not called to change how they participate in the power structure. Now, I want to paint a a picture for you when we talk about whose past matters. Uh, I remember seeing this meme before. I think my my brother sent it to me. I know, quoting a meme, right? (laughs) So I want to envision uh, like uh, four different pictures. So on the first picture, you have uh, Pearl Harbor, and it says... Never forget. Uh, Then you have uh, the Holocaust, and it says, never forget. Then you have 9-11, and it says, never forget. The last picture is a picture full of slaves, and it says, get over it. Now, (laughs) some of you might have felt something that resonated with you in that picture because it seems to be that in America, the African-American is told, get over it, while everyone else gets empathy and weighs out. And we talk about in uh, Whitney Young's book, To Be Equal, how he called for a domestic martial plan where all of these, where America was acting as the uh, hero to restore uh, European countries after World War II with the Marshall Plan. But when it came to Uh, doing that at home for the people that they themselves uh, perpetuated violence on, then, as Dr. King says, the the check always came back marked as insufficient funds. There's a point of maturity that we have to get to where we learn to love the truth and even the truth that incriminates us. Because it's through sitting and learning with that truth that we become something other than the villain. But there are some, like Mr. West, and like others who say that 
you know, we ought to forget about the past. And the past isn't with us anymore, but James Baldwin, and I've quoted him several times on this podcast, speaking on this and saying that history is with us. It is present and it continues to shape our future until we sit with it and we learn with it, learn from it, and we change who we have become. Far too often, uh, white history is 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 lifted up and, and taught to uh, be valuable and not to be for, forgotten, and it is uh, preserved. And even the, the crazy thing is that the same people who will say, tell black people to get over the past, will... <laughs> have monuments sprawled all over their city from white people that lost like 150 years ago in the Civil War and the Confederates and then say preserve our monuments and our heritage and, and all these other types of things. But when you get to African Americans, it, it gets to get over it, right? Uh, and so we're going to be looking and uh, addressing uh, just... Uh, how this get over the past and head towards the future and how uh, that is nothing but our definition of a fake revolution. And we're going to add some more definitions of uh, false unity, right? And false love and this call for this, uh, you know, future that will not correct the wrongs of yesterday, but promise a error-free tomorrow, <laughs> Right. So give me three aspects that we're going to look at where people trying to correct cor- corrupt love, unity, and forgiveness by leaving out crucial elements. And so uh, you see that this trend of saying that black past, the black past doesn't matter. Perhaps the black past doesn't matter because the black person doesn't matter in America. Just like we work to preserve the history and the icons and we hold them in high regard and uh, 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 in the certain light that they're told in America, uh, we preserve white history and we discard black history just like we preserve white bodies and white presence and discard black bodies and black presence. I'll say this again. We discard, we, pr- we protect and preserve white history like we protect and preserve whiteness and white people just like we discard black history because we discard black bodies and black experience in America. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way. Many of the ugly pages of American history have been obscured and forgotten. A society is always eager to cover misdeeds with a cloak of forgetfulness, but no society can fully repress an ugly past when the ravages persist into the present. America owes a debt of justice which it has only begun to pay. If it loses the will to finish or slackens in its determination, history will recall its crimes and the country that would be great will lack the most indispensable element of greatness, justice. So while the president and Mr. West would want us to wear hats that say make America great again, Dr. King wants us to make America just. And not just again, because when was America ever truly just? And so Dr. King knew that the most indispensable element of greatness is justice. So not only are we facing a time where when people tell you to forget the past, not only is that lacking greatness, the element of justice and greatness, it also is lacking elements in love, unity, and forgiveness. And we're going to get into that a little bit later as we continue the episode of The Past Matters. But as of right now, 
ladies and gentlemen. You know what time it is. You know why we're here. Uh, we are here for the newest segment of A Difference in Thought called Do Better Baby. In my best auntie, <laughs> grandma voice, right? Uh, so we know that last uh, week's recipient, uh, recipient of the inaugural Do Better Baby was Starbucks. And we told them to do better uh, and to police their imagination of their racist people and not to police black people, right? Uh, and so... Uh, it seems that I, I believe, you know, they listened to my podcast and they said, man, we need to listen to the brother. No, I'm joking. Uh, so they're going to shut down some stores for uh, a day and they're going to have some implicit bias uh, uh, training and hoping to get a lid on that. Uh, of course, that's going to take more than a day. But they have people such as Brian Stevenson uh, to who are who are joining in uh, and helping that cause. So they at least are beginning to at least uh, look into how they participate in the power structure and how their minds have been conformed by the American power structure and looking to do that. So we can at least give them applaud for helping there. Am I going to get coffee from there? Heck to the naw. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you for at least, uh, 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 looking into that. Uh, and so this, week's recipient of the Do Better Baby Award goes to none other than the National Football League. And let me tell you why. So y'all remember when they were parading out and doing that fake behind Neil, uh, like kneeling before the anthem and all unity and, you know, locking arms. And Ray Lewis said, uh, uh, you know, it was trying to take a knee, but then when he heard people were mad, he wasn't with the smoke, so he said, oh, brother, I was praying, right? (laughs) All that foolishness, right? Um, Turns out that was all some concocted uh, plan that pretty much ignored what really needed to happen. So uh, the owners and the players had some super secret uh, summit last October uh, in which they kind of talked about President Trump and his and the impact of the national anthem protests we're having. And so, two people I want to shout out. Um, uh, number one, uh, Eagles defensive lineman Chris Long, because uh, he said um, that we all agree in this room as players that Callan Kaepernick should be on a roster. All this negativeness and divisiveness could be turned to a positive if we actually put him onto the roster. And, uh, of course, that was met with, you know, fragility. And, oh, uh, well, it's not just about one person. And here we go. My main man, Eric Reed, man, if you got, if you want a homie, you pray for a homie like Eric Reed, man. He also joined in kneeling with uh, Colin Kaepernick when no one else did. Uh, and Eric Reed said he felt his former teammate was hung out to dry by the league. And he said, nobody stepped up and said, we support Colin's right to do this. This is him talking to the owners. He said, we all let him become public enemy number one in this country, and he still doesn't have a job. And when he asked if they were going to remedy that, all the owners grew silent, right? But Houston, Texas owner, Houston Texans owner, Bob McNair, I think this is the same brother who was like, uh, we can't let the... (laughs) 
can't let the prisoners get out of control when he was referring to it, when he was referring to some of his players, right? Uh, and so uh, this brother says, this brother has the audacity to say, um, look, y'all got to get this under control. Y'all got to get your, you got to get your posse, right? <laughs> First of all, who still says posse? Like the fact that, I think they also said that about like LeBron James and his his teammate, right? So Bob McNair, uh, Bob McNair says, you fellas need to ask your compadres, fellas, stop that other business. Let's go out and do something that really produces positive results and then we'll help you, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> and the Buffalo Bills uh, uh, owner says, we need some kind of immediate plan because of what's going on. And he says, we need to have a face like an African-American, at least a face that could be in the media. We could all fall in behind that. See, y'all know what this is. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, right? Uh, he's saying, oh, what the president did is, 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 is horrible, right? And he calls uh, Kaepernick, you know, the elephant in the room and uh, other players. And he said, it would be good if you could work in the word unified or unity in some type of fashion. And so you receive, again, the appearance of this false unity. So we also see this false revolution. They want some type of statement here. Eric Reed, Chris Long saying, hey, man, this brother's kneeling, making his rights. We need to we need it to be known that these are your issues and not just uh, our issues. And if you're really about it, you need to change how you participate with the power structure because the power structure is trying to lock out and silence this person who is using his voice, his independent thought, right, to push towards an agenda. And he's getting silenced by you all. But no, they don't respond to that. What they want is we want a black face to go out in the media to, to stop this money from leaking. And we want a nice little unity statement. And then we can help you and, and you know, bobbing there, uh, you know, get your compadres and tell them to knock it off. You know, and then we'll get behind you. So again, they, they want some type of unity that so again they want to fake a revolution. Something where they can get away with it without having to actually change how they participate in the power structure, without even um having to address the issue that's there. So maintaining their fragility yet coming out with some type of unity. And so that's another form of fake revolution. Uh, so not only is there fake revolution, there's fake love, there's fake unity, and there's fake forgiveness, right? And these are all things where when black people bring things up, these things don't matter. We want to grace over them. Oh, no, we don't, we don't, we don't really want to deal with Colin Kaepernick or listen to what he's doing or actually be fair. We just want to put a good face on it. We want to put a bandaid on this problem. We want to keep getting this money. And we're going to move past that because your experience doesn't matter. We can survive without your experience. Right. And that's the same problem with with uh, Confederate monuments, because when you set that up in the city, you're celebrating people who said, I can still succeed. I can go throughout my life and still be celebrated, even though despite the harsh realities I created for black people, meaning that this city believes we can succeed without having to give a crap about black people. <laughs> Uh, but let's you know, yes, let's unify. It's love, it's heritage, it's all these other different types of things, and so they are fake, fake reasons. And I'm telling the NFL man, do better because y'all some trash right now. Now, if you contrast this with uh, the King's owner, uh, Vivek Ranadive, 
Now, here's a good way. What I'm talking about do better. I'm talking about this is the type of thing that you should do, right? Stephon Clark gets shot unjustly. Black Lives Matter uh, shuts down some highways and shuts down the, the front of of the stand of the uh, stadium. And instead of uh, Ronald Dive saying, hey, man, get this, get these people out of here. We trying to start this game. We trying to get this money. Uh, let's have some black players. Just, you know, whatever. He comes out and he says, hey, I know that you guys are having a rough time. Uh, this is a terrible tragedy that has happened. We need to do better. We need to have accountability. We need to work hard. And we know that being up here is a privilege, and but it's a, also is a responsibility to represent you all. And we want to say that we're with you and we are trying and we want to do within our best to call to make sure that this doesn't happen again. They even ran a PSA with their players that let them st- say Stefan Clark's name, say this is unacceptable, say there's accountability. And guess what? None of them were blackballed. You didn't see them, you know, next season, you know, uh, I, I don't I'm, I doubt next season that they're going to be pushed for their contract or pushed out or pushed out of the league because they they allowed their people to say the truth teller to say to them, we need to change how we participate with the power structure. We represent this city to some people. We represent the city. So let's use that power to have the response that the city should have. But if you want a fake revolution. And you want fake unity and you want all these fake things uh, going around, then guess what? You can uh, push that all under the rug and imagine that it's just going to get better. And we're going to actually look into an historical uh, figure out. Actually, how this has repeated throughout history through something called the uh, Kerner Commission or the Kerner Report that actually was run in 1967 and 1968. But I want to get. I want to break this down so you guys understand. Uh, and so here's a core principle that I want you to understand. Uh, I went to exhibit in a, in a museum recently. It was opening for um, my job. Was opening a museum, and uh, they had these things called "I declare," right? And so you you just kind of write out a declaration of what you declare, or what what truth you find to be true. And this is the declaration that I wrote. I wrote. Uh, I declare that everyone loves justice and truth until it applies to them. Right? Everybody loves justice and truth until it applies to them. You know, we uh, we want law and order. We want, you know, we're the pinnacle of justice. We're the light of the hill. We're the example of truth and a just society and all these other things until somebody says, uh, but you're not just though. Right? Uh, see, America despises uh, the the black person and their narrative because... Black people are the living testament that America is not as great as it claims to be. When Americans want to throw on a make America great again, the black narrative is, when was America great? (laughs) And who was it great for? And who was doing all the hard work and getting the brunt of the pain so that it could be great for y'all, right? Uh, See, unfiltered black history is an indictment against America, uh, uh, not just against the liberals or conservatives, right? Because they've all had their share in it. Um, but the unfiltered black uh, history says America is not discovered, but stolen. America is not united, but assimilated. And America is not just, but unjust. And if your narrative serves the empire, 
you will be celebrated. But if your narrative harms the empire, you will be crucified. So, um, so I want to, so just like I, I gave an episode to uh, the meaning of a fake revolution, here are some words you're going to see thrown around a lot by people that are just giving attempts of just get over the past, right? So, and then we can also get into whose past doesn't get forgotten, right? Uh, so, number one, you will see people calling for love without truth. Fake love is love without truth. Now, uh, while Mr. West is out here saying, I love Donald Trump, and I love this person, and I love that person, and taking pictures with America, great again hat, and while posing a picture with someone who seems to be making a white power symbol, and saying, we got the love here, it's all love, it's all love. Well, hey man, what is love without truth? And what is what is your love uh, mean to the least of these, right? When you talk about the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, what does your love mean for the poor in spirit? What are your what is what is your love mean for those who 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 thirst for things to be made right? For those who thirst for the highest manifestation of love, right? What is love with that? Because here's the thing: he's saying his new thought is independent thought, and ain't no independent thought or some new thought that when somebody's on top and got all the power, you tell the people at the bottom to shut up and get over it. So that you can fall into the good graces of the people who's on top. That is not no way a new way of thinking. That is always how America has operated. You see that. And that's why the National Football League is acting just like America always has. When your Eric Reeds and your Chris Long say, hey, somebody's being treated wrong for trying to tell the truth about us. And y'all are trying to blackball him and you're trying to suppress him. Look what happens when you read the gospel of Nicodemus. Uh, it's one of the newer sayings of Jesus that is within that is that uh, Pontius Pilate is talking to Jesus and he's saying, uh, well, you say your, your power is not of this earth. Well, well, where's your power from? What do you mean you're not from this earth? And, he, and uh, Jesus says that his kingdom is of heaven and he tells uh, uh, Pontius Pilate, you see how the people who have the power on earth try to use that power to suppress those who tell the truth who are of the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus recognizes that the power structures on earth always try to repress the uh, truth tellers here. And so just like we said, um, uh, we were talking about in episode number two, um, with the interview with Harry Belafonte and um, Sidney Poitier uh, and, and, and the director Cleopatra and Marlon Brando, at the beginning of that, they were talking about, are we really free or is the repression become more polite? So now the, the repression and the oppression of the truth is the same, but now they try to make it more polite. So now it's, we want love without truth. Oh, hey, brothers, love. Let's not be divisive. It's all love. It's all love. Hey, I, I, I love. hey, brother, how true is your love if, you, if you're not willing to embrace the truth, right? We have to get to a place of maturity where we begin to love 
the truth. I got a song on my album. It says new mind state, new mind state. Got to learn to love what we all hate because we got to learn to love the truth that incriminates us because that truth sets us free to be something other than a criminal. But when you see um, uh, people standing up and saying uh, you are not as great as you think that you are, those voices get suppressed, right? It's just like what Dr. King said, a society is always eager to cover misdeeds with a cloak of forgetfulness. But no society can fully repress an ugly past when the ravages persist into the present. Because if you have love without truth, you, you never grow. And so it's just like, it's just like James Baldwin when, he's, when he says like, if you're not willing to sit with the past, it's going to keep you're going to keep repeating the mistakes of the past right in the present. So another uh, so one, the, 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 the false call, right, is love without truth. Number two, unity without justice. <laughs> right. And so uh, people saying, I want you to unite with us towards this future. And so we talked about this in episode one. People who call us to unite in, in, in moving from reality to fantasy, which is the false unity, versus people who call us to unite to move from fantasy to reality. And so when Black Lives Matter comes into this uh, event with this person who shall remain unnamed on this podcast, right? Because I'm not giving any shine to people who, who, who talk like that. Um, instead of saying... You know what? You guys bring up some good points. You have some very uh, uh, important things to uh, bring up. Let's make sure that in the future we're bringing is going to be just society where we actually do that. Because they give you this false, false dichotomy of somehow saying that you have to choose. Are we going to work with the past? Are we going to correct the past? Are we going to work on the future? Right. But. People don't understand that the present is the the present is yesterday's tomorrow and the present is tomorrow's yesterday. Right. I know that's confusing. Right. See, the present is (laughs) the present is yesterday's tomorrow and the present is tomorrow's yesterday. And so this is why. Jesus also says, like, don't worry about tomorrow because today is the present's own. All your power is in the present. But the past needs to inform your present into what is actually going wrong. And so when people call for unity without justice, the reason that doesn't work is that if you keep agreeing under the point that we can go without having to correct the injustices we create, what happens when the next person who's called to forget is your group? Right. You say, well, we don't care about what we did to black people. And then it becomes, well, we don't care what we did to poor people. And then poor white people who do yesterday were telling black people to forget the past. Now, suddenly you have to forget what evil society has done to you because you're poor or because you're white or because what what whatever it advances. It's 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 not based on trust. Right. If I can't trust you to correct yesterday, how can I correct? How can I trust you to build a correct future? Right. If I can't trust you to correct yesterday, how can I trust you to correct the future? So unity without justice is not going to be a place of trust for people who have already experienced injustices. 
And thirdly, uh, people want forgiveness without repentance. Right. So so number one, false or false, this false call to this false future. Right. Is love without truth. Unity without justice and forgiveness without repentance. Uh, why should I keep forgiving you and keep trusting you if you have decided that you're not going to repent for what you're doing? This is my whole thing when people say, forget the, forget the past, get over that. That past still is not resolved. Uh, as Dr. King said, America owes a debt of justice, which it has only begun to pay. And if anybody knows, if and, and we don't, and see here's, here's the thing we don't operate with with this in in any realm and if 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 you get a credit card and you run it up all the way to the to the limit and you don't pay anything on that credit card and then you want to get another card and then another card and then another card but you have all this past due debt you can't go into your bank and say you know what man forget the past <laughs> forget the past you know. Give me this long right? again. It's 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 unjust, and you'd be a fool to keep giving your resources over to someone who doesn't uh, pay their deeds, right? Or who hasn't stopped uh, perpetuating violence? And then it's even more evil to then flip that on them and say, "Oh, look, you victimized yourself. The reason you're poor is not because I took all your money. And I didn't take it back. It's because it's your mindset. Because if you thought rich." You'd be rich. But we know darn well, if I thought rich and became rich, you still would. <laughs> you still would rob me. And so here's another thing that I want you people people to understand when you're talking about forgetting the past. Because here's a funny thing that happens, right? People don't understand that just because someone chose to walk away from a transaction that came out of a system doesn't mean that the system disappears. Right? I want to say this again. Just because someone chooses to walk away from a transaction that happened within a system doesn't mean that the system disappeared. Uh, in the response to this video where this girl is saying, oh, nothing's, nothing's, nothing oppressive happens today, I simply asked 10 questions, right? And they were saying, so are you saying, are you saying that what the DOJ found in Baltimore about police brutality is nothing. Are you saying the gun trace task force is some, is nothing? Are you saying Stefan Clark being killed is nothing? Are you saying Tamir Rice being killed is is nothing? Are you saying Flint having no running water after four years uh, is nothing? Are you saying uh, uh, Ben Carson removing <laughs> uh, non-discriminatory uh, language from HUD and then telling people to be self-sufficient while he's using taxpayer money to buy new furniture for his house. <laughs> Are you saying that's not right? And 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 I, what I was trying to say is, 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 again, hold the truth to them and say, you may say they're not oppressed, but can you say they're free? And if you're saying they're free, are th- is this what freedom looks like? But again, you you get the oh well well that's because these liberals did that or or all these other different things which wasn't true by the way and even if it was I told them hey I'm an, I'm an independent right uh, but again it just was that fragility that's happening and then someone came and and, and, and talked to me and said hey I I had an older I had an older person who said he used to see uh, black people that got lynched and people would be mean to him and he said with a smile on his face that I love all of them like my brother. Uh, uh, and, you know, and he's old and he said it with a smile and he was saying that to me to say, well, this person was able to get over it. Why can't you? Here's the problem. 
just because someone chooses, and this is again the the uh, you are not owed forgiveness. I want to say this again. You are not owed forgiveness. Would forgiveness be nice? Yes. Would forgiveness be healthy for the person who's doing the forgiving? Absolutely. But guess what? You're not owed that. And if you don't receive it, you can't blame that person for it because the problem, the pro- the reason why they're probably withholding their forgiveness is because you have not actually repented, right? And you've not worked to reconcile that. And so we don't want to work to reconcile things. We don't repent things. We don't just say, well, walk away from transactions. Well, here's the thing. If I walk away from a transaction, that doesn't mean the system isn't there. If a restaurant, uh, uh, if I pay for two items and a restaurant only gives me one, and they do it every time that I come there, I can say, you know what? I don't like, you know what? Uh, uh, God bless you. I'm not going to ask for all of my other things back. I'm just going to go to a different restaurant. Well, guess what? I can go to a different restaurant. I can walk away from that. But guess what? There's still a system in place, and there's still customers who are getting half of what they paid for. Just because I choose to walk away from it doesn't mean that it disappears. Just because someone was racist to me or called me the N-word or didn't give me a job and I decide to leave and take the quote-unquote high road, right, <laughs> the high road, that does not mean that that person has ceased from doing those harmful deeds. So when someone runs up on you and says, oh, well, they forgave, they got over it, guess what? That's their choice. But we are not required to walk away from a transaction. It's okay for us to say, I need the system to change. Because my ancestors, uh, this system was built on my ancestors, right? Uh, and so it's, 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 it's okay to say those things. But when you have love without truth, when you have unity without justice, when you have forgiveness without repentance, you have a, a you have something you have a future that is not sustainable. You have a society that's not sustainable. You have, uh, you have these problems that aren't sustainable. And so when you start seeing uh, unrest and uh, peace that cannot be sustained, it's probably because you built your society on love without truth, unity without justice, Forgiveness without repentance and revolution that didn't require those in power to change how they participate in the power structure. Now, I'm going to show this to you in history. Now, the year is 1967. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, uh, a lot of, of of riots and unrest. And Lyndon B. Johnson calls together uh, the. Uh, Kerner, the Kerner Commission, and uh, Kerner w- uh, was the governor of Illinois, and so after some riots happened, where I think almost forty-three people were killed, and there were fires, and all, all you know, it's a pretty bad riot. And so Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, on July twenty-eighth, nineteen sixty-seven, he establishes this commission, and they're they're supposed to say, answer these questions: What happened in this riot? Why did it happen? What can be done to prevent it from happening again? Now, Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, being the slick old old guy that he is, uh, he pretty much has uh, this. This is a uh, made up of uh, the chairman is the governor of Illinois, 
The vice chairman is the mayor of New York City. Uh, there's a United States senator from Oklahoma. Uh, the president of the Steel Workers of America. Senator from Massachusetts. Uh, chairman of the board of Lytton Industries. Uh, representative from California. Uh, a representative from Ohio. The commissioner of commerce from Kentucky. The chief of police in Atlanta. And one black guy, uh, Roy Wilkins of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. So Lenny B. Johnson was kind of stacking this and saying, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and uh, say that we looked into it, but I'm gonna stack the team <laughs> so that it uh, it I get the results that I want, pretty much." Uh, and uh, much to his dismay, uh, the um, he even says in like a secret recorded phone conversation that. He didn't like the way that the guy from New York uh, kind of pushed it further than he wanted it to go. But the results come back, and lo and behold, despite Lyndon B. Johnson stacking the deck against Roy Wilkins, that once these white people saw the realities of black America and the... the uh, vestiges in the legacy of slavery and racism, they then began to understand what was happening and they found out the fault of it was white systemic racism. Um, so I'll read uh, some things of what they say. Uh, so it says, what happened? Why did it happen? What can be done to prevent it from happening again? To respond to these questions, we have undertaken a broad range of studies and investigations. We have visited the riot cities. We have heard many witnesses. We have sought the counsel of experts across this country. This is our basic conclusion. Our nation is moving toward two societies, one black and one white, separate and unequal. Again, our nation is moving toward two societies, one black, one white, separate and unequal. Reaction to last summer's disorders has quickened the movement and deepened the division. Discrimination and segregation have long permeated much of American life. They now threaten the future of every American. This deepening racial division is not inevitable. The movement apart can be reversed. Choice is still possible. Our principal task is to define that choice and to press for a national resolution. To pursue our present course will involve the continuing polarization of the American community and ultimately the destruction of basic democratic values. This is very important to what they say. The alternative is not blind repression or capitulation to lawlessness. It is the realization of common opportunities for all within a single society. This alternative will require commitment to national action, compassionate, massive, and sustained, backed by the resources of the most powerful and the richest nation on this earth. From every American, it will require new attitudes, new understanding, and above all, new will. The vital needs of the nation must be met. Hard choices must be made, and if necessary, new taxes enacted. Um... And so he says, segregation and poverty have created in the racial ghetto a destructive environment totally unknown to most white Americans. 
what white Americans have never fully understood, but what the Negro can never forget is that white society is deeply implicated in the ghetto. White institutions created it, white institutions maintain it, and white society condones it. I'm going to read that again. Uh, segregation and poverty have created in the racial ghetto a destructive environment totally unknown to most white Americans. What white Americans have never fully understood, but what the Negro can never forget, is that white society is deeply implicated in the ghetto. White institutions created it, white institutions maintain it, and white society condones it. Now listen, this isn't, this isn't written by the Black Panthers, right? <laughs> this isn't written by the Nation of Islam. This isn't written by the NAACP. This is written by white people. We're talking about the heads of corporations. We're talking about the chief of police in Atlanta. <laughs> right? Uh, and so, Lyndon B. Johnson gets this report. Right? Now, here you see in this report, you see love with truth presented. You see a call for unity that's calling for justice. You are seeing uh, calls for forgiveness and calls for you know, not rioting, but saying that we are willing to repent. And they make this 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 request, which, by the way, is 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 not really a new request from the domestic Marshall Plan that Whitney Young already called for in 64. They ignore that. Now there's a riot. So now they want. In 67. So, so in 67, as president of Lyndon B. Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson doesn't do a dang thing with it. Now he tells people how I'm secretly working on it, but on his private phone call, he he tells uh, one of his friends that man, that guy from Lindsay, this sob uh, Lindsay from New York, I didn't know he was gonna push it that far, man. Uh, and he's basically, you know, doesn't want to hurt the election cycle because this happened on his watch, so he does nothing with it. So what happens after that? Uh, and again, uh, Detroit was one of the cities that uh, rioted. So they do nothing to this. And then when Dr. King is doing his poor man strike and he tries to come to Memphis, another riot breaks out and it's a violent one. It can't it's not nonviolent. And so Dr. King, after the, after that failed attempt, he tries to come back to kind of quell the violence that happens and, and, and speak uh, and continue the sanitation workers strike. And Dr. King then is assassinated. And then more violence occurs. And, 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 and then flashed to uh, 1974 in Detroit, where the things that were uh, expounded upon in this report, uh, Michigan, uh, through de facto segregation, defunds all these black schools. And uh, that's when Milliken versus Bradley comes, where they say, we want alleviation from this racism that... Uh, the state has set up so that we can actually be bused into these school things, into these school places that actually have some type of meaningful uh, swing at it. And they and that gets overturned. And Thurgood Marshall says, hey, this is going to be the playbook that pretty much decentralizes uh, and un un that undoes a lot of the hard work I did in uh, Brown versus Board of Education. But that gets ignored. And now you have the public school system that we have today. 
And for the very same things that you see, uh, because, again, the chairman of this was the governor of Illinois. Right. Um, and uh, now you, you look at a, a, a place like Chicago with the lack of opportunity and the bad education and with the violence and all this other stuff. So, so, again, I said all of that to say this. When you get to the type of future that Kanye West is talking about, that uh, Trump is talking about, that all these uh, uh, people who are telling black people to get over the past, right? Um, this love without truth, this unity without justice, this forgiveness without repentance, what I'm saying is that it's not sustainable, right? You're not going to have people who just play along, right? And eventually the deception grows so that it, it, it then it becomes, well, it's not just black people, well, now it's poor people. And, 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 and it's not sustainable. It is not what creates a peaceful society. And so when you want to say get over the past, what you're really saying and what you're really doing is you're sabotaging the future by not learning from the past, by not reflecting from the past, by not engaging in love with truth and embracing the truth that incriminates you for a moment, but it also sets you free to make a better future. But if not, if you despise the truth that incriminates you, then you continue into your cycle of ruining the future. So when people say history repeats itself, what that is is that people repressed the lessons of the past so much that they didn't learn that they just continue to be the same person in the present, and that present builds a new future. And so the future looks just like the past until you accept love, the truth that comes with love, until you accept the true justice that should come with unity and until you embrace the true repentance that comes with forgiveness. And so uh, the scriptures say uh, in Isaiah, I believe it's in Isaiah 58, uh, that it says you shall be called uh, repairers of the breach and restorer of streets to dwell in. So here's the funny thing about that. Um. The funny thing about that is that how can you be a repairer of the breach if you ignore the breach? How can you restore a street if you ignore the problems on that street? So you you can't be a repairer of the breach and an ignorer of the breach. Anyone in their right mind can look at America and see there's a breach. The breach was seen in 64 by Whitney Young and it was it was ignored. The breach was seen by by this National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders and this Kerner Commission, and it was ignored. The breach was seen in Milliken versus Bradley, and it was ignored. The breach is seen in in uh, Stuck in Place by Patrick Sharkey, and it's ignored. The breach is seen in Democracy in Black, How Racism Still Enslaves the American Soul. The breach was seen. In 68, in Dr. King's book, Chaos or Community, where are we going from here? He said, look, there's a breach. If we do not uh, learn from the past and, and, and build a sustainable community, you will have chaos. So when you look at Chicago, when you look at all these other places that people love to do, and, they, and here's the thing, too. When we talk about the, whose past matters, uh, some people's past doesn't get forgotten. People don't, 
when people, whenever you want to talk about police brutality or whatever, people want to say, well, black on black crime in Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. You can't say, well, let's just forget about Chicago and let's just focus. Let's just focus on police brutality. You don't get to do that. Right. Again, it's that fragility of and whenever I said my 10 questions, by the way, nobody answered my questions. <laughs> it's always this, this 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 shucking and jiving. Right. Because. They want to build this future that's not sustainable because they don't want to endure a present that tells them you are <laughs> you are uh, sustaining and maintaining and building a future you do not want unless you stop doing these things. Uh, and there's that breach in understanding. Like the report said, what white Americans have never fully understood is what the Negro can never forget. Is that white society is deeply implicated in the ghetto. White institutions created it. White institutions maintain it. White society condones it. This is what the Negro can never forget because we, we know our past, right? And so you can't repair the breach if you're going to ignore it. So you have to make a decision in your mind. Am I going to ignore the breach so that I can stay in this fantasy world that I can have love without truth? I can have unity without justice and I can, and I can have forgiveness without repentance and live in this false reality and you wake up in another unsustainable future or you can declare that I will love justice and truth even if it applies to me because this past matters we cannot discard black history like we discard black lives in America and expect to have a sustainable future it is it's it's just not true right and so this is this this was this is my whole uh argument uh against this right it's it's not self-victimization it's just truth telling you don't want to hear and it's not independent thought to say oh well the mob's coming after me the mob doesn't come in after the people who are supporting who's in power the mob always comes after the people who are challenging those in power that's what happened to jesus that's what happened to martin luther king that's what happened to malcolm x that's what happens to 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 fred hampton right <laughs> this is the, that's the, always the story of america it's nothing new so when you hear Kanye West acting like this is new thought, it's not. This is not a new form of thought. It is an old form of thought that we've been stuck in for a while until because we do not want to learn what we have all grown to hate. The truth that incriminates us. The truth that incriminates America. We want to stick on a make America great again hat instead of saying America never was great. So let's make America just so America can be great finally. And as Dr. King says, uh, let us let us um, uh, focus on the most indispensable element of greatness, justice. And so, no, it's not self-victimization. It's truth-telling. Do some people uh, allow themselves to put limits on it, some things, but also you have to, you have to understand your micro and your macro, right? Uh, if you're, it, some, and when I talk about talk, walking away from transactions versus some systems, some things are easier to walk away from. A bad relationship, that's a system that's easier to walk away from. All right, I ain't dating you no more. I'm going to find someone, I'm going to find a more healthier system. But when we talk about the racial caste system of America that has now been exported to the world, what does it mean to walk away from a system? 
a system like that can't be walked away from. It must be dismantled. Because again, as the report said, uh, white society is deeply implicated in the ghetto or in, in systemic racism. White institutions created systemic racism. White institutions maintain systemic racism. White society condones systemic racism. Now, there is a, a liberation of the mind that has to happen. And we talked about that, uh, where Dr. King talks about there's an emancipation proclamation we must write for ourselves, where we do not subscribe to the stigma that was placed on us by the uh, by uh, white supremacy and the racial caste system. Yes, that is true. But once you become awakened from that, you still have a system to dismantle that exists outside of your mind. When we talk about customs, laws, traditions, uh, you can get free in your mind, but guess what? That doesn't change the customs. You can get free in your mind, but guess what? That doesn't change the laws. You can get free in your mind, but guess what? That doesn't change the traditions. You can get free in your mind, but guess what? That doesn't change the, the violence that is perpetuated to this day, right? When you see the 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 former NFL player and trainer who's getting thrown down in the parking lot by police officers. Is that because he imagined that? When you see Stefan Clark getting shot in the back, is this because he imagined that? When you see a 12-year-old boy being a boy and playing with a toy gun and getting shot by police within two or three seconds of them arriving at the scene, is that because Tamir imagined that? It's completely different to say someone's trapped in a relationship and they may say in their mind, I can never find anybody better. Well, when they get free in their mind and they say, you whack and I can find a whole bunch of people better. That's a completely different situation than a caste system. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, be able to separate your micro from your macro. Like your individual thought does not always apply to um, to all to all people. There's a great quote. Uh there's a great quote um, uh, by uh, Mary Church uh, Terrell, um, and she says, I cannot help wondering sometimes what I might have become and might have done if I had lived in a country which had not circumscribed and handicapped me on account of my race that had allowed me to reach any height I was able to attain. So you see, it's easy once you already have your resources, right? When you've already gotten your deal and you've already gotten your connections, and then imagine and say, I got here by myself and I did it by liberating my, my mind. It's, it's not true. Thurgood Marshall says that a lot. He says, some people, we love to say we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, but if the truth be told, somebody showed us the ropes and somebody bought us boots, <laughs> Right. And Dr. King says it is a cruel thing to tell a man without boots. They just pull himself up by his bootstraps. I add, it's terrible to tell a man whose boots you have taken to <laughs> pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And so I'm saying that the past matters. The past matters because the people that it happened to matters. And the past matters because the past is where we learn to sit with the truth that incriminates us, that frees us from continuing to create an unjust future. But if we learn to uh, deny requests of saying, I'm not going to tolerate love without truth. I'm not going to tolerate unity without justice. I'm not going to tolerate forgiveness without repentance because I don't want an unsustainable future. I don't want a future that's only great for some people. 
I want a just society. I want a whole society. Uh, I want the greatest uh, indispensable element of greatness, justice. So I just wanted to tell you all this because uh, uh, this isn't new. What Kanye West and the person who shall remain unnamed is talking about, this isn't, this is not new. It's not sustainable. Uh, it's been repeated throughout history. It is the same symptom that has been wrong with America because America will not sh- begin to see its greatness until it begins to see its depravity. Okay, I'm going to say this again. America will not begin to see its greatness until America begins to see its depravity and its complicitness in an unjust society. So you can be great for real, or you can be independent or a free thinker or whatever, right? The only time that you are truly being a self-victim is when you are accepting love without truth, unity without justice, and forgiveness without repentance. Anybody else that's telling you otherwise is a sucker. (laughs) Don't let them make you one. That's all I got for this episode. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a difference in thought. Episode number eight, self-victimization or truth-telling. If this has been um, a blessing to you all, again, rate, comment, subscribe, and please write a review. Um, I've, I've run up on a lot of people who said it's been helping them. So please, y'all, what I need you all to do, please, is to go to iTunes. Take two minutes of your day. You can do it on your lunch break or whatever or after you finish this episode. And just give me five stars and a positive comment. Or if it's less than five stars, okay, cool. But, you know, five stars would be nice. And just a nice comment of saying something you learned, something or why you keep listening to this podcast. And thank you for the, to the faithful listeners who have been listening. But, um, yeah, you know, this this just was really uh, really irking me uh, that we, that we, and because, look, the thing with, Mr. With, that, with Kanye West saying, hey, you don't have to be a Republican and you don't have to be Democrat or all this. And look, this isn't a political issue for me. This is a truth issue for me. Uh, and we have too many people who have suffered in the past to say that what they suffered didn't matter and to say that uh, justice has an expiration date, right? For a just society, justice doesn't have an expiration date. And I do this out of love because I see those people who who uh, also share in uh, the wonder that Mary Church Terrell has who wonders what they might have become had they not lived in a country which had uh, had they lived in a country which had not circumscribed and handicapped them on account of their race, but allowed them to reach any heights they were able to attain. Uh, this is we can be that we can be a society that lifts people up the way they need to be lifted, but we need to uh, fall in love with the truth that incriminates us, even the truth that incriminates us. So, again, uh, watch out for the fake people out here, man. They out here, man. 
that love without truth, that unity without justice, that forgiveness without repentance, that revolution that doesn't actually call for the people in power to change how they participate. That's fake. It's not sustainable. It's a waste of your time. Bye, Felicia. Right? <laughs> That's it, man. Um, this is the episode. Um, so uh, this is your host, Charlie Ray. Uh, if you have any questions or thoughts, you can email me at a difference in thought at gmail.com. Uh, also, I'm working on lining up some guests, which should be really interesting on what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be continuing, of course, our series, Fragility Has Consequences. And we're also going to be transitioning um, into talking about not only is it good to be uh, anti versus non, you also have to be pro something. So that's it. I love you all. This is your host, Charlie Ray. I love you. I love you. That's why I'm here. Peace and thank you for listening. This is The Difference in Thought. Peace.